It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. It's Thursday and time for the Upfront program. Christopher Boulay joins us on Thursdays. And uh, this is uh, going to be uh, what I... I don't know how busy the phones are going to be, but it's going to be an interesting program in terms of content. Chris is in the studio with us right now. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Roger. Good morning, Jeff. It's great to be here. It's nice to have you here. And what we're going to be doing, reason um, Chris uh, mentioned Jeff's name, is Jeff is in charge, for the most part anyway, unless Bill Schneck comes in to uh, grace our studios. Uh, with the Autumn Fest calendar promotion for the month of November every day, on the program, we do a drawing for the Autumn Fest calendar prizes. And on Fridays, we do the Friday-Saturday drawing. And on on Mondays, we do the Sunday-Monday drawing. Today is Thursday. I'm looking at some nice prizes. And um, and so, Jeff, I'm going to turn the microphone over to you and let you handle the show. Sure. This is your, this is your winner for November 10th. Of course, including the Executive Auto Wash package of the six platinum washes. And the three-month Platinum Car Wash membership, that's a $230-plus value right there. In addition, $25 gift card for the Broster House, $25 gift card for George's Breakfast and Lunch, and the City of Woonsocket Throw, donated by Mayor Lisa Baldelli Hunt, that's a $60 value. And those are very beautiful, the Woonsocket Throws, if you haven't seen them. Very happy winner today is Darren Cooper from Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Congratulations to you, Darren, and thank you, Mr. Uh, Jeff Gamash, for uh, helping out with our Autumn Fest calendar drawing. All right, we're moving on here on uh, Daybreak Southern New England. It's a talk show, and if you would like to chat with us, um, you can. Uh, you can do it a couple of ways. Uh, you can send us an email up front at WNRI.com, or you can actually call on the real telephone, as they call it still. Uh, the telly number is 7690600-766-1380. Would love to hear from you. In the meantime, Roger and um, Chris will carry on a conversation. And uh, after I listen to Chris's initial remarks, because usually he has something on his mind, then I'm going to double back and ask him a few questions. Uh, that uh, I'll write down his alley, I believe. Good morning, Mr. Chris Foulet. Good morning, Mr. Bouchard, Rhode Island Radio Hall of Famer. Thank you. What a nice timing. Uh, Tuesday night was election night, and I guess you would call me a political junkie. I watched it with Amy. We went back and forth checking the local um, races, checking the very local races, statewide races, uh, national races, and mostly interested in the national races. And uh, the president was right. The, the red wave didn't come as strongly as uh, it was expected. Uh, I sent you an email this morning, and I talked to our, our political guys uh, last night in Washington, and um, very, you know, have really good insight. Actually, I think better insight than they have on Fox News or what have you, and talked about what what happens and everything has to go correctly for the Democrats to uh, hold the House. And it, it looks very, very unlikely. And I think maybe by today or tomorrow we'll know that a solidly Republican. And there's three races right now for the Senate. So the Senate is very, very close. And if... Uh, uh, if it goes 50-50, as everyone knows, the Constitution says that the Vice President of the United States would break any tie, so it would remain in Democratic hands. Uh, the stock market loves gridlock. So whether your people hey, want... you took one of my questions away from me. <laughs> I'll I stop was, there. So uh, I'll stop you right there yeah. and let you, uh, let you comment on that. I was listening to... Uh, I just want to let you know I prepare for the program, too. I know you do. So I listened to Bloomberg News out of New York uh, at night. It's uh, There's WBZ, and then there's Bloomberg News New York, and then there's WINS New York. And the, these stations really do help me. And so Bloomberg News is reporting that that when you have um, the uh, the Senate, uh, even if the Senate and the House were controlled by the Republicans and and the White House controlled by by the president, it said the the stock market, which means investors like gridlock, they they don't want anybody to be able to have the big the big hammer to pound down on everything. 
Uh, take us away from that again. Yeah, so whether you wanted the Republicans to win or Democrats to win, however you are on the aisle, generally speaking, the stock market loves gridlock and loves things to be more in the middle. So if you have a Republican House, which we probably will, we'll have, probably have a, a Senate, and then you've got a Democratic administration, uh, everything's going to be more towards the middle. You're not going to have these extremes of four trillion here, five trillion here. You know, talk about a trillion here, a trillion there. Pretty soon you're talking about some real money. So if investors were looking at the Woonsocket City Council mayoral situation, uh, we will not have gridlock anymore. The mayor will have her majority and she'll be mayor. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's not gridlock. That's uh, not balance of power. That's ungridlock, right? That would be a bad thing nationally for for investors, right? Yeah, well, and we're certainly going to talk about the, the local elections, but yes, you you want you want to have that gridlock so there's not a lot of extremes. And uh -huh. um, we you talked about it, Jeff announced that the millionaire tax got passed in Massachusetts. So yeah, I'm going to ask you about that too. Yeah, that that is not a is not a good thing for for high earners in Massachusetts. It's probably not a good thing for Massachusetts. Um the the stock market went down 600 points yesterday. It had been going up and up and up, anticipating that there'd be a, a red wave. Uh, get to this point now, I sent you some other information. Past performance is no guarantee of future performance, but in the last many midterm election cycles, going back probably to the 21st and 20th century, the stock market in the preceding 12 months has averaged 0.3%. So the 12 months prior to a midterm election, the market is going up less than 1%. Historically, the 12 months following that, it's going up over 16%. So once you've got that certainty down, the stock market really likes that. But there's not going to be any extremes where... Uh, there's going to be issues. And then we have to go back historically because if they take the House and the Senate, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Hunter Biden. There's going to be a lot of pressure on the president. And now you're getting a whole uh, can of worms with a potential impeachment, which you know, the market's not going to like as well. So right now it looks very... I didn't get a percentage from them, but it's probably 95% that it's going to be Republican-controlled on the House. And it's probably 60-40 that is going to be controlled on the Senate. And then, of course, if it's a tie uh, 49-50 with the Republicans, all hell is going to break loose uh, in Georgia. They're going to have the, I think it's January 6th, I believe. They're going the to have the runoff. Huh? Right. There'll be hundreds of millions of dollars of people who've never even been to Georgia are going to send money that way. It's going to be uh, a real balancing power act. And what happens if there's a Supreme Court opening? Um, if the Republicans have the uh, majority, they'll block everything that the president does. So there's a lot of ramifications here. You know, they always say, you know, elections have consequences and we'll see where it all goes. All right. Well, it was um, a long, long process uh, leading up to the November elections. And so if it took so long for that two years to pass, will the next two years as we move toward the presidential race and a few Senate races, too, because uh, I guess every six years, you know, Senate seats come up uh, for senators. Uh, we're going to have an interesting 2024 election process. But no gubernatorial race in Rhode Island because it's four years. It's four years. I think that started um, uh, in the Kacheri administration where they changed it from, it obviously required a constitutional change and people agreed to it. And, and I kind of like it too. He gives somebody four years and uh, I'm sure Dan's enjoying that right now too. I bet he is. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm going to hit the phones in a second. We have a couple of callers and emails and stuff like that. But um, I got to ask you about the Magazina Fung race, uh, simply because um, I think a couple of years ago we were big fans of uh, of uh, Mr. Magazina, and then we saw him enter the gubernatorial race and switch over to the congressional race, and and he surfaced to the top. He's the winner. Comment. Um, give us some commentary on that, Chris. Well, if. Um you end up playing a match in golf, and you're playing against somebody else, and you both play really badly, but somebody has to win. Call that a pillow fight. Mm -hmm. So when it came to magazine and Fung, that's the first thing I thought it was a pillow fight. And uh, Fung, you know, grabbed uh, defeat out of the jaws of victory. And his campaign was really stupid. 
uh, I got this first text I had mentioned uh, publicly maybe a couple months ago, and it was a automated text and it says, hang on to your Dell's lemonade. This really is Alan Fung, and I got superpowers of bringing people together, and I thought that was really, really stupid. And then you got a situation of, you know, Magaziner, I feel very comfortable saying he's been a tremendous treasurer, in, in my estimation. Uh, Gina Raimondo, I think, was a lousy governor, and she was a very good treasurer, and Magaziner was, was a better treasurer. But to paint Magaziner as somebody who's really like the commercials were insulting like like he's rich and the rest of us are poor and the fact that the guy actually paid for his own college tuition went down and taught at teach america and uh paid for his own college tuition i think it just didn't stick but he did some dumb things too like uh, didn't move in the second congressional district right away he put a house that had nothing no appearances like his regular house on a commercial he made some mistakes obviously go local prob hates his guts and was trying to get rid of him but I think uh, this was Fung's to win, and if you look, he didn't do that well in Cranston, and uh, you know, he made Cranston All-American City, but there were things like the Zika scandal that hurt him, and so that's the only race statewide that kind of surprised me. I thought it was uh, going to be 55-45 uh, Fung. All right. Thank you for your comments on that. We're ready for some listener comments, and then we'll take our break. This one was in first, and uh, we'll say hello to you. And what do you want to tell us today? Good morning. By the way, you're coming in low, but I can still hear you. All right. Um, I'm talking about breaking the rules a little bit and um, living in reality. And I'm going to disagree with you about Alan Fun because I broke the rules. And, I, and, and the rule I broke was I went in as a Republican, and I sent in a mail ballot. And a lot of Republicans said to me, my fellow Republicans, are you going to go vote? No, I already sent in the mail ballot. My girlfriend's in a wheelchair. If I had waited till election day to bring her down there, we wouldn't have voted. And a bottom line is having a party tell you, wait till election day to vote. Don't vote early. Don't mail it in. That's the part of living in reality. We live in a reality where there's mailing ballots, and I think we lost a lot of votes because of the attitude of go vote election day. Baloney, vote as early as you can. I, I, I don't... I, don't, I usually can follow you, but it wasn't like it was a rainy day. Or it, was, it was a beautiful day. What, what would stop uh, Republicans from getting out and voting on, on uh, Election Day? Well, like I said, it was, a, it was a work week day. So I had to go to work tomorrow. I've got to go home. i got to get my girlfriend. i got to bring her down in the car, put her in the wheelchair, wheel her in, sign three times just to, so I can help her go vote in the thing. It was just so much easier to just mail it in. And the thing is, why are you going to throw away a vote by telling people not to mail it in when, when the reality is we have mail-in voting? If the Democrats are going to take it, we need to take it. And part of the analysis is you're wrong. Fung lost because he didn't push for mail-in balloting. That's what some of the analysis was, okay? And I hope we're in time, if we have a runoff election, that when that runoff election comes to pass, that Republicans are smart enough to vote early and as often, well, as often as you can, vote as early as you can anyhow, and use the mail-in ballot, because it gets more people to vote. Now, if you think the mail-in ballot, I, I, I admit, I don't like the security of a mail-in ballot, but the bottom line is, if they're going to miscount the ballots, they're going to do it whether you show up in person or mail it in. So you might as well just flood them with mail versus trying to get there on the day. Major point. Thank you. Thanks Appreciate a lot it. for the call. All right. Let's go on to caller number two here on the Upfront program. And what would you like to discuss with us? Oh, okay. I didn't hear the ending of his sentence. But anyway, I'm calling to say good morning, Roger. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. And, Chris, I want you to know that if I won the two mil, I'd come to see you. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the $2 billion? Mm -hmm. I, I, I appreciate that very much. <laughs> yeah. I'd okay. appreciate it, too. I'd raise his rates. Yeah, right. yeah you, could, you, could always, you could always say, Chris, Chris made me a billionaire. Before I met him, I was a multi-billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely know how you could help me out. <laughs> so my question to you is I just don't understand... What's going on in Georgia, they're saying that Warnock is a little bit ahead on the screen and the other, <clears throat> and Walker is a little bit behind, but yet they won't know until December? 
I don't. I don't. What, oh, what yeah. goes on? Yeah. Let, let, let me explain it in um, in in Georgia rules. And again, the Constitution gives the general assemblies of each state control over their election process, which which I, I think is ingenious, and I hate anybody trying to nationalize it. But in Georgia, you have to get 50% or more of the vote in order to win. So, so mathematically, the one guy got 4 or 5%, so he made it a mathematical impossibility for at this point for any of them to get 50%. So the, the, the gentleman who got like 4 or 5% is going to be kicked out dropped off and then there's going to be uh, two people running and obviously by definition one of them has to have more than 50 percent it's like a primary huh exactly it's just it's just like you know if we had um yeah if we had um you know 17 people running for city council in socket we would i guess bring it down to 14. does that mean there were more than two guys running y yes there was a third person i think at 4.9 percent of the vote and it was very close i'm looking at my apple computer right now and herschel walker um, who I remember is a tremendous football player. Best. Yeah. He uh, got 48. Oh, it just changed on me. I think it yeah. was like 48.7, and then um, uh, Ornak got a 49 point something. But he, none, right. neither one of them going to get 50%. Exactly. Yep. So that's, so that's why it has to go to a runoff. And what could happen is all eyes could be on the state of Georgia because that might be the deciding factor. If the Republicans get 50, uh, in the three contests that are still uh, being uh, reviewed. Three contests? They can't get the other guy out? Oh, no, no, I guess I'm conflating things. There are three states that don't oh. have a, that haven't determined who the Senate is going to be. Three Senate races undetermined yet. Right. So they're exactly the same as Georgia? No, 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 no. They don't have the results yet. So what would happen is if they have the results and the Republicans pick up 40, 50 seats, uh, okay. and, and then there's 49 for the Democrats, and now we, we have the Georgia with the only one having a, a runoff and, uh, later on, um, that would determine the balance of power in the U.S. Senate because if Warnack won, then now it would be 50-50, and the U.S. Constitution says that the vice president, who happens to be a Democrat, would break any ties. Right, so so that's, that's a possible scenario. So what would happen is people would kind of lose interest in it if uh, Republicans become 50, it becomes 51-48. Then that 49th is not going to be as important. But the entire balance of power in the Senate would be determined if, in the case of 50 Republicans, 49 um, Democrats. And therefore, you're going to see hundreds of millions of dollars poured into this election. Mm-hmm. And which there already is. Yeah, there'll be yeah there'll be more money because obviously, you know, half the people think the Democrats are doing okay. Apparently, and half the people think the Republicans are doing okay. So that's a hell of a balance of power there. It's a nail biter. Yep. So that's that's what's happening there. Thank you. So what's call. the problem in uh, Arizona? I guess they 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 still um, haven't finished, right? In Arizona. Yeah, but th how how long is it going to take them? It sounds like it's going to take them a while. Um, yeah, yeah, potentially. You know, I, I, I thought it wasn't this. I'm looking at all these. I know Utah has got an issue. I think uh, Washington has an issue and Alaska has an issue. And so, they had all this time to figure it out since the last election. Yes, and I guess what people keep bringing up is that in the, in the country of France, they don't really believe in voting machines. Everyone's done by paper, and they seem to know that night what's going on so we want to we want to take a look at that you know very few things we want to copy from the french but that might be one of them pastries <laughs> cooking uh and uh maybe how they run their voting okay. i was gonna say cooking people would you know, <laughs> chime in thank you Pico. thanks a lot have a super day this is the upfront program on wnri at brother's disposal you get unmatched services and superior customer support they offer daily weekly or monthly trash pickups for commercial and residential customers. With years of experience, count on Brothers Disposal to provide you with the services that you need. They offer free estimates, too. Other services include roll-off containers. They offer weekly pickups for those customers with those big projects coming up. When you're in need of demolition or excavation work, there's only one place to call. Brothers Disposal. Bobcat services available, too. Call their family-owned Cumberland-based business today. 401 688 0517 for affordable rates. They're the ones you trust. 401 688 0517.
Whether you're eating and taking out or simply driving through, the Table Family Diner in Uxbridge is a fun place for a hot warming meal. With farm fresh eggs and quality ingredients and a delightful staff, we're sure you want to come back again and again. Check out our morning breakfast classic, including our popular country fried chicken breakfast or biscuits and gravy, cinnamon French toast, and so many different omelets. For lunch, burgers, sandwiches, salad, and delicious fish and chips, all at the Table Family Diner. Easy to find at 775. Quaker Highway in Uxbridge. You can call Cheryl to take out at 508-278-7327. To sum it up, it's great food for breakfast and lunch. But, uh, all right, that's uh, in Uxbridge, and we're here at WNRI in Woonsocket, reminding you about uh, some of our uh, great advertisers. And um, one of them is uh, this accounting firm that has an office here in Woonsocket and Warwick. Kayer Kosher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick. 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're Kayer Kosher. We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember... Remember, having Kayer Kosher to consult with on your personal financial situation is like having all the right answers. Whether you like it or not, snow is coming soon. Are you ready to control it? Tony's State Line Power Products at 271 Main Street in Blackstone has the king of the snow, Aaron's snow throwing equipment. Come on in and talk to Tony and she'll size up how much of a snow throwing experience you need. We have a full line of Aaron's snow throwers to handle your property from 20 inches to 36 inches of clearing capacity. We also have portable generators by Generac and Husqvarna for your emergency power needs. Come see our huge selection at State Line Power Products in Blackstone. Showroom open Monday through Saturday at 8 a.m. Tony's State Line Power Products is ready for this winter. Are you? And we have pickup and delivery services, too. If your equipment is too big for you to bring it to us, we'll come and get it. And we'll do, um, if you'd like, what we call zero-turn service. And what that means is we install new spark plugs to performing safety standards, uh, like uh, the kind of performance standards you'd expect when you uh, take it right off uh, the showroom floor. You'll find this... uh, Zero turn service available at State Line in Blackstone. Thank you. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. How are we doing over there, uh, doing, Mr. Boulay? Doing very well. Yeah? Good. Yeah. Well, it's nice to have you here. Anything you want to mention before we grab another call? Um, just briefly on the uh, the statewide elections. As I said, nothing surprised me. I think Ashley Kalis did well, considering that she hasn't been here that long. And I think that really hurt her. So, you know, I thought it'd be closer, but I, I figured Dan would win. I was surprised about Magaziner overflung. It was 53 to 47%. Uh, Secretary of State um, didn't surprise me. Peter Naroner. He might be more liberal than we like. It's hard to make a case that he's doing a bad job. I thought uh, Kalenda did a did a good showing, but very, very typical. 60-40 is about right. Um, big drop-off in talent for the attorney general going from Magazina to Diosa. I can't imagine that he's going to do much. You asked me last week, uh, the Treasury Department has got a lot of career people who really know what they're doing. Um, he's just going to be a placeholder, I think. And then, as Mr. Poitras would say, Oswald Allen just loved to spend money, and all of three bond issues were approved. So that's kind of no surprise. So I do a talk show, and I'm supposed to uh, sort of know what's going on. I um, I can't understand, and I thought maybe you might have a perspective. The Diosa race for general treasurer with James Lathrop. Um, I can't understand that. Um, I can't understand the lieutenant governor's race. But I want to talk about that one because I, even though they're in the same category, are we that strong a Democrat state where people vote no matter who the hell is running? I mean, Al Capone or a serial rapist? Uh, if you've got a Democrat, you can you can be elected because... Uh, and we'll invite Mr. Diosser as general treasurer to be on the show, but I couldn't think of anybody less qualified, and I couldn't think of his opponent more qualified. Why didn't he win? I get it. You know, Help the, me. 
The old, the old saying is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So, you know, voting is a very private thing in this country. You can, I, I don't care. I voted, I voted straight Republican. I don't care uh, about that. I say it on the air. But um, we, we're, we, we've been no better than 45 out of 50 states in terms of uh, business friendliness. We, um, I think Dan's going to change a little bit because all he cared about was to be elected. You know, all, all he cared about. We had him on here a while back, and we asked him about the estate tax, and he was so afraid of a soundbite, he started yelling at us. No, and it's the dumbest tax in the world. It's, it would have the biggest impact on this state's um, uh, financial welfare than anything, getting rid of it. A lot of people just don't want to die here. We had um, Governor Chafee. Him and his wife uh, are worth $100 million. They would have given Rhode Island about $18 million upon their demise. They moved to Wyoming where there is no estate tax. Our sales tax is too high. So none, nobody has the guts to, to make the changes that are necessary to make Rhode Island viable. But, yeah, we, we don't care. I mean, the one thing about, you know, I, I like Peter. He's a little bit more liberal. But there's, you couldn't make a strong uh, case. Peter as in Peter. Uh-huh. You okay. couldn't really make a case that, 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 that get rid of him. Uh, Kalenda would have been fine. So, yeah, we're very, very democratic. And um, much to our chagrin, we have policies that are really backwards that uh, are stopping the state from uh, moving forward. Good morning, Chris and Roger. 75% of America. Believe America is going in the wrong direction, yet many voted for Democrats and their failed policies. I cannot grasp, writes Sandra, why voters would elect Democrats for their pro-abortion views, speaks volumes, no words to express my disdain regarding McKee's win and Alan Fung's loss. Alan led from day one, yet lost. To too many mail-in votes. Your thoughts, please, Sandra. Yes, um, it, it, it's correct. You, you think about it, and you, you try to think logically that the Democrats just jumped all over the abortion issue. And yes, it's your body; you can make your choices. That's where they're coming from. But it's the same Democrats who said that you have to take the shot, whether it's going to make you sick or not. That poor girl who had her scholarship revoked at the University of uh, Hawaii uh, because the shot would, would, would have paralyzed her and she couldn't take it. They said, we don't care. Um, we're going to take away your scholarship. So it doesn't make any sense. I think that's what Sandra is getting at. Um, I just hope from a leadership standpoint that, that Dan changes. I don't think so. We've known him for you know 50 years. He is who he is. But um, I agree with Sandra. Um, that was a litmus issue when you've got ultra-high inflation, you've got borders that are weak, you've got a, a, a crumbling stock market, you've got higher crime. You focus on the one issue that maybe people will gravitate to, and that was the abortion issue. We have callers. Uh, before, before, I um, just... I put down in my in my notes the Dow futures are up more than 600 points after October inflation report is lighter than expected. So inflation was expected to be a little higher than it is, and um, the reports came in lower. So therefore, that may take eventually take the Federal Reserve off the hook and maybe stop raising interest rates so fast, which is very bad for the uh, stock market generally. Pressing the magic button and saying hello to you. Hi. Morning, guys. How are you doing? Good We're morning. Doing good, good. Thank you. Well, you pretty much covered uh, what I was going to bring up, the idea that uh, people have been going to the market complaining about food prices, the rent prices, gasoline prices, and yet they go in and, and they vote for the party that's uh, causing all of this, in my estimation. It is stunning. It is, it is absolutely it's stunning. A viewpoint. I, I don't understand it. Myself. Right. What are we missing? Are we missing uh, some point here? Yeah, you know, there's 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 a lot of leverage um, that the that the party in power has. You know, McKee was paying people three thousand dollars in state workers to get the shots. Uh, The state workers probably came out in uh, unison to to do that. He got the backing of a lot of labor unions. So. 
it's just it's really not great for the state but it might be great for you individually and that's how people think and you can't really fault them for that but yeah um the the policies that that the Biden administration put in uh and that the democrats are following is is uh, is a problem basically you're taking a, a beautiful ship and you're putting a hole in it that i.e the u.s economy uh, one more point uh chris I think the Republicans got to do something about uh, the impression in the minds, especially of the older folks, that uh, the uh, Republicans are the party that's going to uh, weaken or do away with Social Security. That seems to hang on every election. I think it had quite it a works bit for to Democrats. Do <laughs> with uh, Fung's defeat. I mean, those odds were really, really, really really bad, you know, the ones that were uh, against Fung about he's going to do away with uh, Social Security, he's going to do away with abortion. So I think the Republicans have to do something to convince more people that they're not going to do away with Social Security. I don't know what they could do. It's like taking Thanksgiving and saying that uh, the Republicans are going to cancel Thanksgiving and the Democrats are going to save it. There is no reason in the world why anybody of the members of Congress in the House or in the Senate would want to do anything to the most popular, successful, um, publicly accepted program in the history, I think, of the Republic. <laughs> I don't know why, why anybody would buy that. And yet, you're saying that you think that some people do. How, well, I can only say this. Stupid. That's the only thing I can think of. Is that fair? Yeah, well, in, you know, and the for, for me, I, I try to be open-minded, but the Biden administration has zero credibility. The president will lie about anything. A couple of days ago, the White House put out a tweet. Obviously, it wasn't president personally, but taking credit for the highest increase in Social Security uh, in 40 years. Well, everyone knows the reason why that happens is inflation was, is running rampant. So you got an 8.7% increase, but inflation uh, as, you know, CPIE, CPI elderly versus regular CPI, it's probably 15, 16%. So you got an 8.7% increase while inflation is running its ugly head or at least 12 or 13% as people think. And, you know, they had to back down from that, but there is nothing that this individual will not say and uh, he'll lie about. And I also, when I think about Social Security and I think about your point about the uh, Republicans falling into it, uh, John Laughlin, he called the Social Security system a Ponzi scheme. And it is, by definition, that money's not there. The Clinton administration took it and put it into the general public. So in order to back up those $4 trillion, there's nothing but IOUs. That is the definition of a Ponzi scheme. But he said it, and then, you know, that got Cicilline elected. The only thing I can think of is maybe if uh, the Republicans somehow uh, push um, maybe an agenda on, on improving Social Security so they'll become the party of uh, uh, those who want to even to make uh, Social Security even better instead of uh, weakening them, as a lot of older people think. Uh, uh, agreed. Agreed. When, when, when your working days are done and Social Security is your primary source of income for, for a lot of people, unfortunately, um, you, you get concerned. Um, but again, when they passed Social Security, FDR, in, I think, 1935, I believe, you were supposed to die in your first payment. Their life expectancy was 65. It started at 65. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I've known people in my career who make six, seven $700,000 a year, 72 years old, and collecting Social Security. Um, there, there's probably going to be some kind of means test, which I know... If you talk Social Security, they don't want to have happen, but they're going to have to raise the retirement age. Uh, that's, that's clear in terms of you collecting it. Um, but in, in 2035, if they don't make changes, the law says that there'll be 75% payouts, of, there'll be 75 cents on the dollar, and that's not going to happen. What they're going to do is they're going to raise FICAR. Like I said, I hate to keep hopping on this, but... Cicilline was here the other day, and he thought that FICA was a $127,000 limit of wages. And this next year is going to be up to 160000 So, 
you know, that rose the same color that, um, that they gave. So that's how you fix it. And it's very painful for higher income people, but you can fix it in a heartbeat, raise it to 400 grand like he wants to do. Thank you. Thanks for your oh, good analysis, guys. And, um, uh, maybe uh, in two years, things will change. Who knows? Thank you. <laughs> you betcha. Have a good one. All right. Let's get local. So, uh, first of all, uh, here's an email that says, congratulations to John Brian and John Ward for their wins. So, this person was very selective who, <laughs> who they congratulated. <laughs> and um, also, um, uh, this person says, I feel disappointed that Craig Lackager lost to... Melissa Murray in Woonsocket, North Smithfield. And uh, then we have uh, a comment here uh, by saying, um, in my opinion, Denise Sierra claims against the mayor sparked the council upset uh, that um, she woke up a sleeping giant, uh, writes this emailer. And, uh, yeah, a lot of, um, I don't know if the emailer is suggesting that the whole political controversy and the upset in Woonsocket politics is what's the seed? Was the seed that Denise Sierra um, looked at the charter and made a complaint and uh, got 50 votes and if uh, that wasn't in the charter uh, Denise wouldn't have been able to do that. It probably Never been that kind of a thing. Do you have a, a thought at all on the local race results and where it all came from and what it could have been different about it? Uh, I sure do. I, I mean, as somebody who lives in the city entire life, I've been following politics since uh, since Jerry Boulay became mayor in 1975. So. Any relation? Uh, yes, my father's first cousin. Thank you. So, um, and this, this fact is so funny. John Dion's a hot ticket sometimes. He says, when he ran against uh, Jerry, he goes, Jerry was so popular, I voted for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've been following for a long time. And, of course, nothing earth shattering here. The incumbents always have the advantage. The incumbents always have the advantage. And very, very often, historically, if there's... Seven councillors, maybe five, are always reelected. So it certainly um, created a situation where now the mayor and the mayor got a pretty good team. I mean, in, she uh, got some, I think, some good people uh, and probably some pretty competent people. Um, I happen to be friends with the people who you know lost, and I have great respect for the job that they've done as a city council. Um, but yes, I think that was the driving factor of of. Uh, and I think these people knew the political ramifications of doing it because there was no opponent for the mayor. There was 1,550 uh, write-ins, so there were 1,550 people who weren't satisfied with her performance, but the lion's share of people were satisfied with the performance. So I think they understood the political ramifications here. Now the question becomes, for, for me, is does the city move forward and does the city change in a positive direction with with a with a administration that has at least temporarily the backing of almost all the city council and my uh, litmus test has always been that city of Woonsocket uh, is a, been named as a distressed community um, since 1982 we've always been a distressed community and we get money from the state and we get welfare money from the state being one of the five distressed communities if I was mayor my whole goal would be to change the climate here economically because we do have the second lowest uh, per capita income in the Rhode Island, only Central Falls, which is one square mile. So how do we move the city forward? And any mayor, this mayor, any mayor who changes the direction and trajectory of Winsocket and makes it get off distressed community is going to get my uh, admiration and, and uh, support. That's what, what's important. So I'm looking to see, okay, it's already out of the horse. You know, the, the people are in there. And will she be a better mayor? And will she think more holistically for the benefit of the city by having a supportive city council? And that's what I'm thinking. And we'll get um, 
We'll get more, uh, I guess, uh, feedback from our listeners after we take our break. The name of the business, All Tech Painting. We've been serving the Massachusetts and Rhode Island community with top-notch painting services. We want to be your one-stop shop for interior and exterior painting, plastering, drywall repair, power washing, wood staining, and so much more. And we do all this with the promise of 100% satisfaction using quality materials and the finest product you can be proud of. That's the kind of company we are. Have any questions or want a quote? Call 401-378-7765. All Tech Painting. Of North Attleboro, ready to serve you at 401 378 7765. Skilled craftsmen, ready to work for you. All right, Grumpy's reminds you that uh, they're open for lunch, you know, every day. And that's uh, noon to uh, 3 p.m. Uh, they're open, you know, from noon to midnight. But um, lunch, noon to 3 p.m., $6.99 luncheons, $7.99 luncheons. Uh, we have some uh, $9.99 luncheons. And the one I'm going to tell you about right now is the $12.99 luncheon. That's the luncheon scallop plate, $12.99, sweet sea scallops, breaded and then deep fried and brought to you with our own hand-cut French fries and our own in-house made coleslaw and tartar sauce, $12.99. $9.99. Clam cakes and chowder. Six big, humongous clam cakes with your choice of white or red chowder. That's Wednesday and Friday only. And this is all you can enjoy for $9.99. Clam cakes and chowder for lunch at Grumpy's. One more message and then we'll get back to the phones. It might be a good time for a new walkway. Fix up those stairs, create a patio, or improve your driveway, or maybe do some basement floor and walls. We are Liberty's Concrete right here in Northern Rhode Island. We're insured, we give free estimates, and we even have Bobcat services available. For more information, call George at Liberty's Concrete to do the work for you. And of course, we use stamped concrete, which means we can create the design you want on your driveway or walkway. Again, our number, 401-390-4976. I lied. One more quick announcement. Uh, this is from Russ Pickard, and he owns Executive Auto Wash in Woonsocket. Tuesday, Wednesday, and today they're closed. And uh, Russ says, I am having parking lot improvements made, repaving, and uh, hoping to reopen tomorrow, Friday. Veterans Day, but we're closed Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday while the work is going on. Could you please make an announcement on WNRI that this work is being done to improve our customers' experience at the car wash? And we are sorry for the inconvenience Tuesday, Wednesday, and today, and we look forward to serving you tomorrow if all the work gets done on time. I know that uh, now, uh, now I'm making this up. Russ Pickard did not uh, write this. I know that WNRI has the biggest radio audience in the entire world, and though by using this announcement, everybody out there who owns the vehicle, and even those who don't, will hear this announcement. And hello, Chris Boulay. Did you believe it? Do you know Russ? Oh, yes, I do. Uh, right? yes. See? Yeah. See, and it wasn't completely yeah, fam Family business. His dad uh, ran it, and then yeah. uh, he bought it from his dad. Great, yeah. great young man. All right. Yeah. Any comment before we uh, hit the phones? Uh, like, well, what about all this money in Powerball? Yeah, I, I want I wanted to comment. Obviously, it was the biggest jackpot. Nobody needs to hear that from me, over $2 billion. But one thing I, I found interesting, I've always considered California to be a cesspool as far as taxation. Um, Massachusetts, right out, this, right out there behind, behind you, just raised the millionaire tax rate of 4%. So if you make more than a million dollars a year, you're now paying an additional 4%, which I think is lousy. However, California, you know, has the, well, let me state this. California has the highest state income tax for high earners, 13.3%. So if you make over a million dollars a year, you're paying 37% to the federal government, you're paying another 13%. At some point, somebody thought that paying your fair share was over half. But in, uh, coincidentally, the Powerball sold in California... California does not tax uh, Powerball winnings or lottery winnings. Really? Had, had they done that, it's an easy calculation, they would have gotten $128 million 
in the state of California and therefore going it because they choose not to tax lottery winnings. Hey, when you're billions of dollars in debt, what difference does it make whether you recover a few hundred million dollars, right? <laughs> uh, thank you for that commentary. Let's press some buttons and uh, talk to some people and see what you have to say. What's your comment for the upfront audience? How you doing? Rent them here. Okay. Hello. Hey, Chris. Hey, uh, Raj. Hey, listen, about the uh, national voting. Now, the Republicans did not do themselves any favors. Because of the early voting and the mail-in voting, they were not coming out with any commercials at all advertising against the Democrats in any way at all. They wait till the last minute to come out with commercials for the, to the, for the walk-in votings, like two to three weeks before it. It makes no sense. You're losing all those mail-in voters because you're not coming out with your negative ads telling the truth about the opponents. This guy's making a good point, Chris. Yeah, I don't know if that was the point of the first caller, but I, I, I agree with that 100%, because Roger and I have a difference of opinion. He's more against early voting, and he says, well, if something happens right before the election, there's always that timing. But I think you make an excellent point, and I see it. Um, I did not notice that uh, until you brought it, and I agree 100%. Absolutely. It's just, it's crazy because I see him come out with these ads and I'm like, mm -hmm. why didn't you come out with that a month ago? Yeah, oh, right during the, it, it, it drives me nuts. Everything drives me nuts. This should have been I'm done in Rentham. August. I'm from Rentham. I work in one socket. I come here every day. I, I, I'm not thrilled with your city. I'm sick of Lisa Baldelli saying that your roads are wonderful. Listen, I don't make a lot of money, but I get by. <laughs> I drive a 2010 Nissan Altima. Your roads are not wonderful. They're killing the suspension of my car. I'm sick of her saying your roads are wonderful. What is so wonderful about your roads? Let me take you down the trails that I have to drive to work and let you feel all the rumple little bump of I have to go through. It's it, just crazy. It, so, and as far as... Go ahead. I, I, I got to ramble here. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. You're, you're doing great. You're a good rambler. Yeah, you're doing great. All right, well, you know, you, and, and I see all these signs out in the people's lawns. Everybody who has Lisa Baldelli on their lawn, they got the McGee. They got the, uh, what's her name, Gonzalez. What is the Gonzalez, a beauty contest picture that she put on her signs? I know what she looks like. She doesn't look like that. <laughs> Not that that has anything to do with it, but I'm just, I'm just so sick of it. Your, your city, literally, this is not an insult, but your city is a decade behind everybody else. Well, we, we and as as I, I meant, right. well as as I mentioned, one of the things we are a distressed community uh, is identified by Rhode Island General Assembly law since 1982. That bugs the hell out of me, and we do have the second lowest cap uh, per capita income. Um, Rentham is a very nice town, and Roger and I were talking earlier in the uh, in the green room uh, about Massachusetts. You just passed the uh, millionaire tax four percent, so that's. <laughs> That's the other thing. They write these questions out so people don't understand them. My aunt, I talked to my aunt. She told me, you know, we agreed on everything, on all those. And then what does she do? She goes and fills them out, and she fills out two of them wrong because she doesn't understand the way they're written up. Yeah, they're I like, know. Ugh. They do this every time. It drives me right. nuts. It's such... Sneakiness. Well, we, we, we yeah. better disconnect yeah. with this guy. He's going to have a stroke. Yeah, no, we appreciate the call. But so <laughs> before, I let you, before I let you go, uh, Roger and I were talking in the green room um, um, when um, Richard Nixon was going to China in 1972. The press asked him, he said, uh, Mr. President, have you ever been to a communist country? He says, no, but I've been to Massachusetts. So you guys <laughs> succeed despite yourselves. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Have a good day, Rentham. All right, let's go to another phone call. What do you want to say to the upfront audience today? Are you there? Hello. Hello. Good morning. Yeah. Hi, it's Vinny. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. You guys were talking about Social Security a few minutes ago. We were. Yes. Yep. 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 I, think, I think the problem that the Republicans have with Social Security is the changes that need to be made to it, like raising the age to collect, nobody wants to hear that when they're 60 years old. So the Democrats aren't going to bring that up. So the only people who can realistically bring it up will be Republicans, and then they're going to be hated for it. But that is what needs to be done. Then they need... Uh, uh, or give them American Chris, rescue Chris, funds. <laughs> the, the Social Security you know, pot of money, just, just give it some rescue funds from, uh, yeah. from the pandemic. 
will borrow one. Especially the ones that Chris were fraudulently raising, uh, diverted. Chris just made, mentioned raising the FICA limit to over 100, whatever it is, 40-something thousand. I've heard Democrats mention that because they feel like that's going to affect Republicans. I, I don't know why Republicans are the only wealthy people, but... Um, they feel like that's going to hurt the wealthy. So who cares about the wealthy? Of course, the wealthy are the ones that hire people. But that's besides the point. But all the fixes for Social Security are things that people, generally speaking, won't want to hear. I, I, I'm 66 and a third right now, so I can collect. I don't think I want to hear that uh, it's going to be 70 now. Yeah, yeah, oh, so, not, yeah. But they would if they if they introduce that they they would do it for the young generations. If you're if you're, you know, in your 50s, I don't think you have to worry about anything. It's, it's going to be the up-and-coming generation. You know, maybe maybe they'll do a, a cutoff at 35 or 40 or something and phase it in. They're, they're not going to take it away from somebody who's two years away. And but, the other thing is, I wouldn't be surprised if the Democrats would say, raise the rate for the employer and not for the employee. Bring more money in. That, that's um, possible, and see, and see, the the one the one fix that you can really do is gone, and that was from the Clinton administration. Uh, if you had privatized, um, obviously the Rhode Island pension plan doesn't get a two percent return per year like they do in buying U.S. Treasuries. So what Social Security does right now, they have an IOU, but they used to buy U.S. Treasuries. All you'd have to do is get a five or six percent return annually, and Social Security would be solvent for the next fifty years. That's, that's what. Fine. That's the answer. That's the real answer. Nobody's got the political will to do that. Well, I think that's part of the problem too. Is when Republicans do bring up something about Social Security, they bring up privatizing, just basically saying that if people were left to their own devices, if people would really know that they could save money and would be responsible with it, people would do better than they do on Social Security. But that because two thirds of the people in this country would not be responsible. So Agreed. The uh, uh, absolutely. So, but yeah, but again, anyway. you know, we're talking about Cicilline. We, he was here a few years backwards interviewing him. He wants to ra he wants to raise it to one hundred thousand. He's introduced that all the time. But again, mm. it's he didn't he didn't. And I, I'm picking on him again. But he throws about one twenty four as effective one one two thousand twenty three. It's going to be one hundred sixty thousand dollars. So it's getting up there. Yeah, Roger, you just mentioned that WNRI is the. Uh, most listened to station in the world. Yes, that's I true. I just wanted to let you know, when you said that, someone from Canada called me and asked about Executive Auto Wash being open today. Okay, I there you go. Thank you. Have a good day. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, there's another listener that clearly has an understanding of our reach as a radio station. Thanks for being here today, Chris. Appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Always a pleasure uh, chatting with you about the issues of the day. And uh, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow's Friday, uh, we have some guests coming in. I just can't remember who they are. But it's not you, is it? Uh, it is not. No, okay, take care. <laughs> Bye-bye, everybody. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380, WNRI Woonsocket. 9 o'clock in the morning, WNRI Woonsocket, Rhode Island.